Three, two, one. Potato Dinosaur. Skins. All right. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> my glass is my winosaur glass. So. Oh. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. So. Um. Right now, I am eating. Sorry for the crinkles. Cheesecake Factory at home. Our famous brown bread. Eight wheat dinner rolls. Um, oh, because we're about to eat, uh, eat, we're about to drink a bunch of wine, and I wanted some carbs in my tummy before. Um, so for some reason, I thought restaurant, and then uh, what's the restaurant that does the potato skins? TGI Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> and then I thought potato skins. All right, yeah, that's fair. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, chai there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Allie. Hey, Julia. I've actually trained my dog to bring me a glass of red wine. It's a Bordeaux collie. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had a really hard time picking a joke for this episode. They were all so grape. (laughs) (laughs) The double whammy. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was just so hard to pick them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I thought they were all just so fine. <laughs> we better start the intro music. I could go on for days. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, man. I had too much fun with this. <laughs> I can just see you in Barnes & Noble just cracking up with upside down <laughs> AirPod in your ear. What doing? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm literally slamming my head on hand on the table trying not to scream and I'm just staring at Mike. I'm like, Mike, listen to this. And he's just like, oh no. And I'm like <laughs> telling him these jokes and he's like, please stop. Oh, I heard a good one this morning, which you may have heard already, but okay. uh, what's the difference between a good joke and a bad joke? Ooh, I Timing. Oh, <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I want to go tell Mike that right now, but I'm going to wait. <laughs> oh, that's really good. It's like the interrupting cow joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that at work. <laughs> Do um, it when like somebody messes up the timing on their test. Oh, my God. No, that then they'll be angry. <laughs> Do it when you mess up the timing on your test to make yourself feel better. You're right. That's exactly what I'm going to do, actually. Mm-hmm. I mess up a lot. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. So um, based on all of our wine jokes, we are going to be doing a drink as we go episode. Um, and we are going to be talking about wine um, as as well as I can because it's it's very professional and I don't feel very professional about wine. I believe in you. But this is for you, mom, and all the other vinos out there. Yee. Um, but before we get too far into that, how are you brewing? Uh, I'm brewing pretty good. I am still summer vibing. I uh, have a whole week off of vacation now. Today is day one of being off and I have nine days total off in a row. So I'm really Ooh. excited for that. Congrats. I got eight hours of sleep last night. That's impressive. Thank you. I also... Uh, Spaz cleaned my entire apartment because I'm expecting company at some point during this week. Uh, so everything is clean now. 
Um, I stocked up on groceries so I can just make food all the time instead of going out to get food, which is mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, Catherine is back in town. She is the company that will be coming over. So we're going to be just hanging out all week. And I'm very excited. Yay. Tell, please tell her I said hello, but also that I love her and I miss her. I, I will let her know. Um, oh, also, I have five books left in my 50 book reading goal for the year. Oh, man, I don't think you can make that by December. Definitely yeah, not going to be getting you that new uh, Barnes & Noble subscription. <laughs> well, one of them, uh, I went to a free little library yesterday. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, you know, I really want to reread this series from when I was younger because I never actually finished it. So I went to one free little library and they happened to have the very first book. What and are it odds? is uh, a series of unfortunate events, the bad beginning or a bad beginning. Oh, no way. That Those are really good books. Mm-hmm. I, I think I made it to like book four or five. Mm-hmm. And then I got distracted by something else. So I'm going to try as an adult to read the entire series of unfortunate events. Not necessarily all at once, mm-hmm. but we're going to see what I can do. Nice. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. If I could reread the Magic Treehouse series without being judged, I think I would. I will not judge you. I think you should do it. <laughs> it's only like 10 chapters and it's like 100 pages max. <laughs> yeah. Here, hold on. I can look at the Lemony Snicket one because it's behind me on my bookshelf. It's the paperback, which I didn't realize existed. So it's even smaller. Oh, nice. Um, It is. Oh, it's actually 162 pages. That's it? I can read that. Oh, my gosh. I might try to read those. Do you want to have a kid's book reading club? Book club? Yeah. We can read it together. Okay. I'm I might try to finish this other book I'm reading first. So if you can track it down from like a library or something, we'll read it. Okay. Uh Mike also said that he's gonna read me Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I don't think I've ever been so happy. <laughs> <laughs> that book is excellent. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna read it to me. No, that's sweet. Yeah. I wish more books were printed in dyslexic friendly font. They mm. exist, it's just few and far between, and they do not exist at Barnes and Noble. I asked. Ah, boo. I know. Very sad. I genuinely hmm. enjoy reading. I'm just really bad at it. Uh, audiobooks are excellent for that. And I get way too distracted for audiobooks. <laughs> you would actually probably like the audiobook uh, Mr. Malcolm's List. Okay. Because it's very Bridgerton-esque and it's very fast-paced. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will give that a try. I listen to a lot of it while coloring and working. <laughs> so, Or playing Minecraft. Ooh. Oh, that's a good idea. I should try that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, how are you brewing? I am brewing well. I currently have a meatloaf in the oven, so I'm excited for dinner. That's not really that important. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had a pretty eventful week. Um, uh-huh. So when you and Ryan uh, came up for Hamilton, my glasses broke. Like the yep. the frames completely snapped, like where the lenses are held. So I had poor Allie. I had her hot gluing my glasses twice, and she did such a good job. They held up all the way until the last day. The frame started to break again on the day I got my glasses. Oh well, it made it. <laughs> yep, it made it. Um, I have new glasses. They look a lot like my old glasses, except metal. And uh, they don't slide down my face when I shake my head. Yay. I know. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, randomly, we got really back into D&D. Ooh. Um, like, just Mike and I and also the group, we started playing D&D again, which is exciting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we need to coordinate with our friend when he comes back in town to see when the next session is going to be. Yes. Um, but I love that we're doing D&D again. Mm-hmm. And I love your new character. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so my character in Gage's campaign, for those who don't know, is a homebrew race that is a cactus because I love cactuses or cacti or whatever you want to say. And I I don't know for sure, but I think our DM made it specifically so that I could be a cactus, <laughs> uh, which is excellent. But I we have different storytelling narratives and styles. So I decided I was just going to make a silly character. And so his name is Jim. Uh, and I negotiated with our DM so that I could have a bag of holding. And the other characters don't know this. So Julie is learning this now. Should I take he off ha- my headphones? Nope. No, because okay. I don't think it's going to actually come into play. It's more of just I know it. So it makes it fun. Okay. Uh, he has a bag of holding. And in this bag of holding, he keeps succulents that he finds in various places that are like sad or decrepit or need a new lifestyle. So long story short, my cactus character is building a cult and his name is Jim. And Gage asked me why he's named Jim. And I said, because of Jim Jones. And Gage said, who's Jim Jones? And I said, he's the Kool-Aid guy. And he went, oh. No! Oh my God! So when it came up, Gage was like, it's not even a good reason. And I was like, it's a great reason. You just didn't get it. So you don't understand. I'm mad because Mike's going to love that. I know he is. So yeah, anyway, we're getting back into D&D. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Mike and I started watching Stranger Things. And by Mike and I, I mean mostly me. I have never seen Stranger Things because I'm a little baby. And I get very scared very easily. (laughs) So um, Stranger Things was not in the books. And Mike kept saying, you got to watch it. You like mm-hmm. D&D, you'll love this. It's kind of like D&D. I'm like, but I've seen parts of season three and it looks really, really scary. Mm-hmm. He said, you just, I'll, I'll be there with you. We just got to watch it. You'll really like it. Give it a chance. I went, ugh, fine. Because he was really into it and he really wanted to see season four, but he really wanted me to see it first. Right. So we started watching from season one. And I got to say, I loved it. I loved it mm-hmm. by, se- by episode two. It's so good. It's incredible there's there's depth and character development and plot twists and suspense but not quite terrifying like there are parts of doctor who that are scarier than that true like i gotta say weeping angels scare the crap out of me but the demogorgon (laughs) not so Uh much if you haven't had the experience of having a nightmare about a weeping angel you haven't lived Uh uh-uh (laughs) when you wake up in a cold sweat that was oh my god i had a nightmare about a weeping angel a couple weeks ago oh no it was terrifying except it was more like freeze tag i just froze i didn't disappear or go somewhere else i had a nightmare about a weeping angel years and years ago that i still remember because Mm -hmm. it wasn't an actual weeping angel but it was the same concept but it was on one of the like the little wooden dolls that you pose to draw people with you know oh yeah but it was like my dream was I kept trying to burn it to get rid of it and it would just put itself back together again and show up in like my car or something like that. I couldn't get rid of it. And then I woke up and I was just panicked because I had one at the time and I removed it from my room and went back to sleep. (laughs) I remember that doll. You had that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you had that in Indigo. Yep. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, I do not have it anymore. (laughs) And it has not shown up again as far as I I know. I don't blame you. (laughs) Um, two quick little How You Brew in stories. Um, Mike and I are leaving for his sister and 
her fiance's wedding in two weeks, and we are mm-hmm. so excited for a week long vacation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be well mm-hmm. needed, and I get to see literally all of his family all at once. I think this is going to be like Christmas standards, and I haven't had that standard yet. So, oh, this boy. will be really interesting to meet literally every member of his family all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous, but it'll be fun because there's alcohol. <laughs> And it, it'll probably be nice, too, because you guys won't be, like, the center of attention, you know? Oh, you're right. It'll all be Mo and, and the fiancé. Yes. yes. Not like when you bring like when you bring him down for Christmas and meeting him is the big new thing of the year. Whereas that's true. This, it's a wedding, so, like, that's the focus. Mm-hmm. So you can just, like, casually meet people without having to make it a big thing. That's true. And it's another uh, opportunity for Mike and I to take notes on wedding things because we... <laughs> Just booked our wedding planner. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And I got to come up with some stuff like soon. Can your wedding planner look at your Pinterest board? Kind of. I have a Google Drive with her more or less, and I'm trying wow. to figure out how to connect Pinterest to it. I might email her and ask her about it, but yeah, the, we have a, we have to fill out a questionnaire this weekend. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that questionnaire is my official list of bridesmaids groomsmen's and all the whatnots like everyone that's going to be involved in the party so it's time to start narrowing it down and making for real decisions yeah do you have a number you're trying to stick to or you just are you have you not there yet we're somewhere between five and seven on each side and then two flower girls and two ring bearers okay that's not bad it's a solid number yeah yeah we have some of the rough major details, but we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, you got this. And speaking of celebrations, um, I went to the vet with Gumbo and um, we had I was just chatting with the vet tech that was at the desk mm-hmm. while we were waiting to be checked in. And I was like, hey, do you happen to have like Gumbo's birthday, like an estimated birthday on file? And they're like, yeah, he's somewhere around 12 weeks old, we think. I said, okay, well, I think he was about four weeks old when we found him. So if I backtrack from his gotcha day, then I should be able to just make up a birthday. Well, would you like to guess what day is his about birthday? Uh, I'm trying to remember when you got him. I'm going to guess May 9th. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly four weeks from when we got him was May 9th. Perfect. So... (laughs) Toulouse and Gumbo have the same gotcha day. Gumbo's birthday is our anniversary. And Toulouse's birthday is July 11th or June 11th. Mm. I don't remember, but it's in my calendar and that's what matters, right? Yeah. That's what makes me a good mom. Yes. The (laughs) only reason I remember Chadwick's birthday is because it's a national holiday. Mm-hmm. Or his gotcha day rather i don't know his birthday so we celebrate it like it's his birthday and by that i mean i give him extra smooches oh yeah that's what we do too i just give him all the loves and hugs and don't yell at him when he bites me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh chapel's gotcha day is the not pie day <laughs> because it's may the 14th not, day? not march 14th oh because <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's pie day and you were like it's pie day and then i was like wait a second no it's not Oh, <laughs> okay. But other than that, I'm brewing great. I am sipping on some wine and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually sipped mine yet. 
Oh, well, would you like to do a dink? Yes. Dink. dink. I guess before we should talk about how we how our wines taste, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking Winking Owl, which is the Aldi brand that costs like $3 for a bottle. Uh, hey. Pinot Grigio. Ooh. And uh, what is what does that taste like to you? Tart is the main, but it also feels like it has undertones of not grapey fruitiness, but more like a sangria fruitiness. Okay. So is it a sweet wine or a dry wine? It's right in between. Okay. Yep. What about you? <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking Barefoot Moscato Deliciously Sweet mm. um, because it was $5 at Walmart and I <laughs> only like sweet wines. That's fair. Because I am not a wine person and I learned that while we were drinking wine in Italy and they're like, try this table wine and I kept going, Bleh, it's gross. <laughs> was it just super dry? Yes, everything was dry. I just don't like dry wine. Mm. That's fair. But it says Barefoot Moscato is a sweet wine with the delicious mouth-watering flavors of juicy peach and apricot. Mm. Hints of lemon and orange citrus complement a crisp, refreshing finish. Ken, Ken agree it's delicious. It also says it pairs perfectly with Asian cuisine, light desserts, fresh fruit, and mild cheeses. Tasty! Wait, does my bottle say anything? Let's see. It also asks that you keep America's beaches barefoot friendly. That's right. Pick up your glass. <laughs> oh, you know what? All right. This makes sense. Winking Owl Pinot Grigio. Origin, California. Taste, semi-dry. Style, light-bodied. Notes, subtle flavors of citrus, stone fruits, pear, and a hint of honeysuckle. Ooh. It pairs well with grilled salmon and creamy pasta, and it's best served chilled. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are some solid tasting notes. Right? All right. So I got the fruit right. Nice. I didn't name the fruit, but I knew that it was not grape. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do have a quick fire question for you. Okay. What is your favorite kind of wine? Um, so historically, I would have said Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. But the red wine started giving me headaches, so I stopped Aww. drinking it as much. Um, so now my go-to if I'm getting just like wine wine is like a Pinot Grigio because it's still pretty dry because I don't like sweet wines as much because they also give me headaches. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you count champagne, champagne is my absolute favorite. As dry as All you right. can get it, champagne. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't, I don't blame you. Like, like Brut. Yeah. I think Aldi or Walmart carry an extra dry that's drier than Brut. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you just drink it and you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Do you have a favorite kind of wine? Sorry, I was taking a sip of wine. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I would love to. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely Moscato. Um, I will tolerate a Riesling. Um, that's still on the sweeter side, but mm -hmm. with a little bit more dry and a little bit more carbonation sometimes. Ooh. Um, but I definitely prefer as sweet of a white wine as possible. I don't particularly like the taste of red wines. Mm. Um, and I can actually explain why a little bit later. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Wait, what was that one that you really liked that you made the spritzers with? Oh my gosh, I don't even know if that counts as a wine. We can come back <laughs> it's like to a, that. Like a juice. Kind of. Um, actually, I might be able to cover that in the first section of this. Okay. Um, 
the the kind that I used to get is Arbor Mist Mango Wine or Peach Wine. Um, I would specifically get the mango wine and do half mango wine and half mango white claw and call it a spritzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember what you mixed it with. Yeah, it was just during quarantine when I just wanted to get really drunk really fast. Didn't we all, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. That's when I was making the Malibu sunrises and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like, just give me liquor and juice. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it was basically uh, if it's before noon, we're drinking coffee. And if it's afternoon, we're drinking liquor and other drinks. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I would I used to get a couple bottles of the Aldi Winking Owl, um, the Moscato, and then I would just kind of down them throughout <laughs> the week. Can we uh, take off a week sometime, probably next year for PTO purposes, and just live like that again for a week? Yeah, sure. Where we just wake up and drink coffee and watch Avatar, and then we eat ice cream, and then we get really drunk and play games and draw and stuff. That sounds amazing. I w- I absolutely am down for that. Like it was a bit much in 2020 to have so much of it and no guaranteed job, but now that I have a guaranteed job, I really miss it sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't enjoy just sitting around waiting for work to be like, "All right, you can come back again." Mhm. I didn't know when I was going to get to work and I refused to get um unemployment for some unknown reason. I I, I don't know what was in my head, but I just lived I also refused to get it for a long time, but then I was like, I have no job and no idea when I will get a job, so I should probably get unemployment in the meantime. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll do that but Yeah, sometime. absolutely. That'd be fun. I think that'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give me any kind of personal definition for wine? Uh, fermented grape juice. That is really good definition <laughs> thank you i uh i've been watching a lot of tiktoks recently and there was one about a guy who learned about wine when he was a kid so he put a bottle of welch's in his closet and thought it was going to turn into wine Oop. it did not <laughs> oh no that just that's just gonna spoil my dude <laughs> yeah but he used fermented grape juice so it's recent oh nice so the most basic definition for wine is an alcoholic drink made of fermented grapes it is specific to grapes And anything with other fruits is considered a fruit or country wine, but not just wine. Ah, okay. So, like, sangria, I think, is made with other fruits. I don't think that counts as a wine. Well, I think sangria depends because there are also sangrias that you just cut up the fruit and add it to a regular wine. Ooh, true. But blueberry wine? Um, unsure. It may be made with blueberry extract and not actual blueberries. Gotcha. This is already complicated. <laughs> yes, this is an extremely complicated topic. Um, any wine connoisseurs out there um, that are more knowledgeable than me, please help me get my facts straight because I had to sift through a lot of information to figure out even basic definitions. Mm-hmm. Hey, would you like to be a guest on a second slash third part of this episode where we go back and fact check everything based off of your expertise? Email oh, us at webrewgood so at gmail.com. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And we love you. Already. <laughs> <laughs> so these uh, these wines are not made with your average supermarket grapes. Uh, as far as I know, there are only three types of grapes, and that's red, green, and black. <laughs> <laughs> 
Would you like to guess how many different species of grapes there are, though? Uh, I'm going to say 100. Mm, more. 4,200. Getting closer. Um, 20,000. A bit less. 15,000. A little bit less. 10,000? Yes! All right! (laughs) (laughs) There are roughly 10,000 species of grapes, and the colors I named aren't even one of them. Oh, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Would you like to guess how many of those are made in California? Of the 10,000? Yes. I'll say 3,000. No, it's actually significantly less. Oh, oh, 70. That's a really close guess. There are actually 85 different types of grapes grown in California alone. Wow. But imagine all the other countries that grow their own grapes and then, geez, before you know it, it's just, there's everything. Right. Yeah. But before we get into the wine-specific grapes and what makes them special, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the ones that we got at the store. All right. So slightly off topic, but still relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to a tasteofhome.com, there are some co- the most common grapes found for eating include the Thompson Seedless, which are green, fairly big, and apparently perfect for raisins. I always thought those were the red ones. Yeah, me too. Although I have seen like green grape raisins before, but they always look off-putting to me. Yeah. There are flame seedless uh flame seedless grapes which are red, round and crunchy. Mm. Concord, which are famous for jellies. Um they are dark purple, round and bold glape glape flavor. Glape. Grape <laughs> flavor. <laughs> There's ruby seedless, which is deep red, oval and juicy. Mm-hmm. Moondrop, which is a great name. Yeah. Uh, almost black, uh, long in length, crisp and sweet. Those are really good. I've had those before. I haven't even heard of them, but they sound good. They're extremely sweet and delicious. And it's what it, it's it's what I want a grape to be, like the red ones. It's what I want the red ones to taste like. And then the oddity, cotton candy grapes, which are hand selected for their taste. Uh-huh. Uh, they are green, oval, sweet, and candy-like, and they actually really do taste like cotton candy. See, I've had those, and they were too sweet for me. They they are very, very sweet, and they it's weird that they taste like cotton candy because I don't really want them to be, but I think in the freezer, they'd be perfect for like mm. a mid-afternoon snack. See, I when I buy grapes, I usually buy what I'm assuming are the Thompson seed list because I get the green ones because mm-hmm. they're kind of tart and sour. It's so weird. I don't like sour things except for green grapes. I won't eat green apples. I don't like limes. I don't really like lemons, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> See, I, I don't usually go for green fruit. <laughs> I prefer a little bit of sourness because otherwise it's too sweet and I can't finish it. Mm-hmm. Like I love Red Delicious, but green grapes are awesome. Mm-hmm. So these grapes are delicious on their own, but they're not really ideal for making wine with. Hmm. Most wine grapes will be a variant of the species Vietus vinifera, while table grapes will typically be from the species Vietus lambrusca. Lambrusca? Um, Yeah, it looks almost like bruschetta. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And other, other similar species. Okay. 
Typically, grapes you find at the store will produce more grapes per bunch, have large skins, less sugar, and more acidity. This will give overall less flavor, but they are very tasty to snack on. Yeah. Wine grapes, however, will produce much less per bunch. They have a very thick skin. Uh, They have more sugar, more acid, and overall more flavor. They also have seeds. Um, They specifically need the seeds. Oh. And we'll talk about that later. Okay. This is part of the reason they're selected for wine. It will contribute to the body of the wine. And we'll talk about how exactly all of these different parts contribute to the overall mouthfeel of the wine. Uh Um, But the regular snacking grapes just won't really do it. That makes sense. I can see somebody, not somebody specific, but like a group of people over time being like, we're going to breed these grapes to do these different things. And that's exactly what winemakers do. Yeah. Part like 90% of their job is getting the grapes exactly how they want it to be. Hmm. So to make wine, you'll need a few ingredients. Uh Uh-huh. Grapes, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Specific grapes will be used to make specific wines. And I'll touch on that in a little bit more. So we're going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeast. This is definitely the second most important um, there, it's needed to ferment the wine and make it alcoholic. That helps. Yes. <laughs> Most fruits will naturally contain yeast, but winemakers will choose uh, to use local yeast or commercially selected yeast. Uh, in addition to specific yeast, uh, they will help change the overall flavor of the wine and select certain varieties on purpose to achieve a certain flavor. Oh. So... Different strains of yeast will give you different results for your wine and how you want it to turn out. All right. Yeah, I didn't realize yeast had so much to do with that. And in fact, I didn't even know wine had yeast until about a month ago. I would not have named it as yeast. I would have thought, I honestly thought the grapes just got so sour they became alcoholic, which probably does not make much sense. But I thought they just had a scientific way of making the fruit from going bad to alcohol instead of making it from going bad to worse. (laughs) Yeah, same. Say, I thought the reason the Welch's went and turned into wine is just because of all the processed sugars, not because it doesn't have yeast in it. (laughs) Right. Like, maybe if you added some yeast, it might, might, might work. Mm -hmm. Maybe. To a degree. At a minimum, you might kind of make a mead. (laughs) <laughs> but we're not going to touch on that. I don't even want to begin to start about talk talking about mead. <laughs> yeah, we're that's another time. But my coworker who does make mead was telling me that you had to get wine yeast, and I was like, "Why would you use yeast? That's in beer. You don't use yeast in wine." Mm-hmm. It's like, of course you do. You need it to make alcohol. It's like, no, 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 no. You're definitely wrong on this. And I'm calling out the mead maker. Like, who do I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> you are the expert. Obviously, I am an expert until otherwise proven. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, they have to use yeast to give it most of its flavor and actually make it exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next thing that you're going to need is acid. Um, This one's a little bit more controversial and depends on the country. Um, And it also might be the most important part of winemaking. It's going to affect the balance of the wine the most. Okay. Um, so it's going to kind of alter the sweetness versus the body versus the smell. It's going to have it's going to have feet, hands, fingers. It's going to have parts <laughs> in all of those things. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yes, knees and toes. 
<laughs> it also helps with the aging process. Acid as an additive will be added during the winemaking process to get the desired balance, but only in new world wineries. Now, I don't know what counts as new world versus old world, and I'm thinking it means literally new world countries versus old world countries. Right. Old world refers to a part of the world that was known to its citizens before it came in contact with Americans. (laughs) On the other hand, the new world refers to the Americas and it's inclusive of North America, South America, and Central America. So everything minus the Americas. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Not so far off, but I feel a little left out, guys. I know, really. And they don't use this term kindly. Although we get the acid, so, you know. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's... It's a little bit snobbish, and we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> Wine? Snobbish? Never. <laughs> you got a point there. So, it's heavily frowned upon. The term they used in the article was unlawful. Oh, can you imagine somebody who adds nothing but acid to their wine and doesn't serve pink lemonade at their circus? <laughs> Sounds idiotic. <laughs> Absolute blasphemy. <laughs> Um, It is heavily frowned upon to use acid additives in old world wineries, and they must be specific when harvesting to maximize grape acidity. So you have to know your harvest extremely well to be an old world winery. I have our new villain arc in mind. (laughs) You just start adding acid to old world (laughs) wine? Yeah, we're going to break into the winery and add it to whatever liquid Ah. they have available. (laughs) <laughs> gonna additive it additive it <laughs> they'll never know and then they'll be like wow mm-hmm. this batch is so great and we'll be like yeah i know it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm biased because the wine i'm drinking is from california same yep mine is also from california woo additives woo <laughs> uh the next thing you might recognize this one and it's tannins yeah So tannins naturally occur in plants, um, and it's actually what causes blackwater systems to be dark. Um, For example, the Waccamaw River in South Carolina. Yeah. It's a very dark brown and almost black uh, river, and it's because all of the sediment is leaching tannins into the water, causing blackwater systems. Mm -hmm. Science fact. Whoop, whoop. I think we also (laughs) talked, did we talk about tannins with matcha? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because it's specifically the leaf, not the leaf juice. Correct. Yeah. Um, It's also found in the skins and seeds of plants. They're also found inside of oak barrels and chips used during aging. So remember when I mentioned that wine grapes have seeds? Yeah. This is why. This is where some of those tannins are coming from. And it's important that they're kept in there. Oh, okay. And it's also going to be used inside of oak barrels, which they're going to be stored for aging. Gotcha. So tannins will give it a bitter taste, um, and it's also going to give it its signature color, and it's going to affect the body of the wine. Okay. With more tannins present, the wine will be dry and a sticky texture. Um, It's very typical of red wines. Is that 
sticky texture what contributes to the legs of the wine or is that something else? Yes. Okay. That is why red wine has legs. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I specifically don't like this. I don't like mm-hmm. that texture of the red wine. It feels – I don't like how dry it feels in my mouth and I think that's the sticky. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just very – it's almost spicy to me. Interesting. Ooh, I wonder if I'm allergic to it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I learned that if something is spicy to you, it means it might be – you might be allergic. So ginger – I'm allergic to ginger? No, no, no. That is spicy. <laughs> ginger is spicy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. Um, red wines are also fermented with the skin still on the grapes. So this adds to the tannin count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go back on the the legs, um, we're definitely going to talk about that when we do uh, like a little mini wine tasting. Um, yeah. We're going to be looking for some of those signature characteristics of wines. Um, but I went ahead and fact checked myself because I don't know everything. And it's actually from um, it can be an indication of the alcohol or the sugar content. Ah, okay. um, they can both affect legs. Gotcha. Um, so. If if she's sweet or she acidic, she got legs for days. <laughs> Look at this girl with some legs. Mm, yes. Mm. Let's see. If I swirl this, does mine have legs? Oh, I think I have to whoosh it back and forth or something. We're going to learn techniques. Yeah. Mine does not have legs right now because mine looks too fizzy. This does not have legs. My calves usually did. Which is weird. Huh? Like The Cabernets that I used to drink usually had legs. Interesting. I wonder if it's high acid then. Probably. Yeah, my teeth did feel gross afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> moving on to some other additives. Um, these can tend to be more strict in certain regions. In fact, it's illegal to have any additives uh, added to the wine. But for most New World countries, it's common practice. So we're going back to the unlawful thing here. I think they have regulations. Uh, on like like an overruling board um i did dig through the one that we have for the united states and uh it's territories and we'll we'll jump into that in a little bit okay um so i'm sure other countries have their own regulations and restrictions um so i'm guessing that's why they say it's illegal and unlawful yeah i can see that so i think it doesn't qualify if it doesn't meet these things See, I was thinking it was just super specific, like for champagne or things that had to be made in a specific region. I didn't think it was like all of old world. I didn't think so either. Um, I think this is a very snobby. uh, If this is included, then you're not a wine or you don't count as a real wine. Uh huh. I want to be a real wine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like cheating in the wine world. (laughs) Um. But some additives will include enzymes, which are used for fermentation to prevent certain yeast from overtaking other yeasts, which will be more beneficial. So they'll add different strands to do different things, Mm -hmm. um, but they can outgrow and outcompete themselves. Um, So sometimes they need to add enzymes to eat the other ones. Ah, control the yeast wars. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
these have been these also have been cultivated like other yeasts by winemakers. They're bred for specific purposes to get the certain outcomes that they want from these wines. Right. Some winemakers will add sulfur as an antioxidative preserver. Okay. Um, I actually have something relevant for us to talk about with that. Uh-huh. Um, you know how sometimes marshes have that sulfur rotting egg smell? Yeah. That's because the um the soil, that mud, can be very oxygen poor. And when all of the organic material is broken down and and gone and soaked out of the system. All that's left is that sulfur, which exists in um, oxygen-poor environments. So oh. that's the reason sometimes it smells like yuck. It's because it's it has no oxygen. Gotcha. Okay. It means it's used all of its nutrients. It, it's a cry for help. Yes. <laughs> so this is kind of the same, same concept. They're adding sulfur in so that the oxygen isn't breaking down the rest of the wine and it acts as a preservative. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's making it so that it doesn't oxidize. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll also keep the wine from going really gross and rancid. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Some winemakers will add wine gum. Um, this is not the chewing variety. <laughs> More like xanthan gum or something of, of that nature. I choose xanthan gum. Oh, do you? Are you not supposed to? I don't think so. Oh. I got to go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys, this is the end of the podcast. Uh, Allie has to go. <laughs> I just have to go. <laughs> so, this xanthan gum, or I keep calling it xanthan gum, but it's just a gum. I'm guessing there's a variety. Um, I didn't get one answer for this. Like gum, as in it probably comes from a gum tree or whatever gum comes from? Yeah, okay. exactly. Gotcha. So, this is going to preserve the aroma and it's going to make the wine smell better. Ooh, okay. Lastly, we're going to add polysaccharides, uh, which is a fancy word for carbohydrates, yes. complex carbohydrates, the kinds that are not super easily broken down by the body. Yeah. I vaguely remember um, biochemistry and I hated it, but I remember those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> polysaccharides, lipids, phospholipids, uh -huh. um, mononuclei, I don't know. <laughs> Etc. Amino acids. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So these polysaccharides are going to be used to preserve literally everything we've talked about so far. Okay. It's kind of like a safe. Uh, it's like a fail safe. It's right. going to keep the wine tasting, looking, and smelling fresh for as long as possible. I thought that you were supposed to put wine in a bottle and shove it in a dark closet for a century, and then it all of a sudden tastes fantastic. Yeah, that's how you get aged wine. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely how you do that <laughs> so did you know <laughs> oh <laughs> that most wines are not vegan no i did not i would have never thought of that um considering it's just fruit um i don't think people i don't think vegans count yeast as an organism it is alive but it's not alive in that sense right so um, that's not the reason why it's not vegan. It's actually vegan in kind of the same way that marshmallows aren't vegan. Marshmallows aren't vegan either? No, they use animal byproducts. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Gelatin is not vegan. That one I knew. Uh, gelatin is used in marshmallows. I did not know how to make a marshmallow, going to be honest. 
That's fair. We can do that one day. Oh, can we? Yeah, you can make your own marshmallows. <gasps> we'll do a s'mores episode. We'll make like a Ooh, s'mores yeah. coffee. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. We'll make it with the mocha sauce too. So uh, most wines are not vegan. Um, this is because most wines use fining agents, which are made of animal parts such as egg whites, gelatin, bentonite clay. I'm not sure what that is. It's a type of clay. Huh. Um and this is used to help filter the wine. Okay. So it's going to allow the wine to be clear and not cloudy. The way they do this is they add it all to the wine, mix it up, and then they force the wine through a large filter that's going to remove the finding agents and other impurities from the wine. But by definition, it's not vegan. Because mm. it I did use that animal byproduct. Do vegan wines exist? That is a great question. Let's find out. Hi, right. Kat. Um, I did just Google bentonite, and apparently it's uh, formed from the weathering of volcanic ash. That is oddly specific. Yeah. Okay, if you type vegan, it immediately comes up with vegan wines. Um, Mine comes up with the vegan recipe. There are, in fact, vegan wines uh, A to Z. There's a website called barnivore.com, <laughs> and they list out vegan friendly wines oh that's cool um let's see if we can name just a few uh it's a lot of canadian spain oh there's some some uh some some cabs that are vegan Ooh. a merlot we got some regular some regular wine in here cool chardonnays nothing that i recognize but um i'm also not a wine connoisseur anyways there are vegan wines but most wines unless probably specifically labeled are not going to be vegan okay so one thing that i didn't know for a long time probably not until the last couple of years uh -huh. is that wines are typically named for the variety of grape that's used uh, okay that makes sense yes i was trying to think of if i had any logic for why wines are named what they are and i don't <laughs> it, it's genuinely the type of grape huh. so like the variety of wine grape that is used okay and i say typically because there are single varietals and blended wines yes. we'll jump into the blended wines in a minute but we're gonna uh we're gonna come back to uh the single variety first gotcha so like champagne wines have to meet certain requirements to be able to label them by their grape okay and this does vary from country to country oh most wines will have some variation of grape just to fix minor flaws, such as adjusting for acidity level or adding to the body or the texture. Um, in the United States, 75% of the grapes have to be the same variety to be labeled by that grape. Okay. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. If you're making a batch, it has to be 75%. We're going to call it Concord. Okay. Concord grape. <laughs> Not only just the United States, Chile, Chile or Chile, um, South Africa, Australia and Greece also followed this 75% rule. Argentina has to be 80%. And Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Portugal, Spain, and New Zealand have to be 85%. Oh. And oddly enough, only Oregon requires 90% of the varietal. So <laughs> if you get a, a wine specifically from Oregon, USA, it is 90% that grape. Hipsters, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> also, uh, 
side question because I forgot uh, about Australia. Does that count as old world or new world? Because it was colonized around the same time as us. Old world countries are typically Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, and Germany. List of countries considered new world include U.S., Canada, Argentina, Chile, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. All right. That is from volioimports.com. Australia wasn't found until around 1606. Oh. While we were found by 1492. Right. Theoretically. Well. If you believe Christopher Columbus. Is that Australia wasn't found by Europe until then? Maybe. Probably. That doesn't it, that doesn't include um, Aboriginal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. So, more so than the 75%, they also have to be approved by name by the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. Oh. Yes. They have to be approved by name. Uh-huh. So, you can't just say, yes, this is my grape, Jim. It, it has to be <laughs> approved. Can't just okay. name a, a wine whatever you want. Huh. So some of the popular examples of wines called by their name are Chardonnay and Cabernet. These are all types of wine, of, of types of grape wines. Oh. Wine grapes. Wine grapes. So you have a Chardonnay grape and a Cabernet grape. I, I wonder if we could get our hands on a Cabernet grape to just eat the grape. I don't know. Maybe. They're blue, apparently. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Would you like to take a guess how many names are approved? Um, well, if there's 10,000, there were 10,000 grapes or 10,000 wine grapes. This bureau is for the United States. Oh, okay. Uh, which is weird because this number does not match. Oh, so I'm going to say 150 then. More. 250? More, but not much more. 450? Less than that. <laughs> oh, okay. 300. Uh, it's in between there. Okay. There are 347 approved names, according to the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. Huh. Five of which are varieties of cabs and pinots, and six of which are types of muscats, which include Moscato. Oh. Yeah. Um, so just, just to let you know, what I did to figure this out is you can go to article whatever, section whatever, of this literal legal document. <laughs> And it will list every single approved name. Oh. And it doesn't give a count. So what I did in the middle of Barnes & Noble is I opened a word counter, copy and pasted everything because it's like word, uh, enter, word, enter, name, enter, name, enter. And I literally copied and pasted all the names into the word counters, got rid of anything that had extra words like Cabernet Sauvignon, uh-huh. got rid of Sauvignon, so it was just Cabernet. And and I just had the first word of their names for all entries. So I went through all of them and deleted all the extra words so that I could get an accurate count. That's impressive, and I appreciate you being so committed. <laughs> I wanted to know. I just kept scrolling, and I'm like, geez, I'm still an A. I'd be like, mm, it's a lot. <laughs> Yes. It's more than five. It it definitely is more than five. It's bigger than a loaf of bread. More than six, even. (laughs) So there are a ton of approved grapes. Yeah. For blended wines, however, there are several famous regions that I'm sure you'll recognize some of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only qualification for a blended wine 
is that it contains more than one type of grape, also known as varietals. Uh-huh. Uh, they only use this quality to distinguish the difference between blended and non-blended wines. Oh. If it's made from one varietal, it's non-blended. Or at least 75% of one varietal. Exactly. As long as it meets those requirements, that's it. Okay. So typically when blending a wine, it's done after fermentation processed and just mixed. So it's like if I got my Moscato and mixed it with your, what are you drinking? Pinot Grigio? Yeah. Mix it with your Pinot Grigio, that would be a blended wine. Hmm. Okay. But if it's done during or after, or during or before the fermentation process, like if you just threw a bunch of different grapes together, mm-hmm. it'd be considered a field wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of a field wine before, but I thought it was really cute. It reminds me of the wildflower honey. Yes. I also thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just, it's, it's just a bunch of grapes. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> There's something in there. Yeah. <laughs> So here are some common blended wines that you'll recognize and a few that you won't. All right. The first one is Bordeaux. Oh. So Bordeaux actually comes from a region of France. It's made by combining Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot in various proportions. Oh, okay. The next one, which is a huge surprise to me, is Champagne. What? I thought, okay. Yeah. So that's what threw me off. I was like, what? No way. It's, it has to be made in champagne. And that's the thing. It has to be made in champagne. Yeah. That's it. That's all it tells you. As soon as I said what, I realized that. And I was like, mm, okay, fine. I still feel duped, though. I know. I felt really dumb when I was like, <laughs> oh, of course. It doesn't actually tell me anything. Of course it. Uh-huh. It's, all I know is that it's made in champagne. I don't know what it's made of. It's not champagne grapes. <laughs> You never know. You know, I didn't know there were Cabernet grapes either until about 10 minutes ago. So surprise. <laughs> so um, a lot of people know that you can't call wine champagne unless it comes from the region Champagne in France. Uh-huh. But this doesn't tell you anything about what the grape or the grapes in this case is. Right. The most popular grapes used in a champagne are typically Pinot Noir Chardonnay and Pinot Meunier. Meunier. We're just going to butcher this until Allie corrects me. Mjolnir. Meow meow. Oh. Pinot Manure. Meunier? Monday. Monday. It's like Monday. It's like Monday. I've had more than half the bottle of wine, so we're doing good. I'm getting close to polishing this one off, and I'm really sad nice. that I don't have any other alcohol. Oh, no, that's a lie. I have rum. Woo! And tequila mix. Oh, my God. I told my coworker I was a woo girl when I was drunk, and I was not lying. <laughs> you want to play games after this? Yeah. All right. Yay. Okay, so. Meunier. Um, you say it? Pinot Meunier. <laughs> Pinot Monday. um anyways this one is specifically for you mom because you're gonna love this um so pinot noir adds the fruit and the aroma structure while the pinot monet monet (laughs) monet like you're saying monet monet but you're really excited about it monet yeah Awesome. I'm going to remember that. Uh, while the Pinot Meunier produces an intense bouquet, 
I don't know what a bouquet is. We're going to cover that again when we do wine tasting. Um, but according to winespectator.com, traditionally, bouquet is used to describe a wine's aromas when the wine has aged in a bottle and has begun to exhibit secondary notes. Okay. So I guess it's decomposing smell, but good decomposing smell. Like blue cheese. Yeah. Oh, it's the blue cheese of champagne. I like that. I'm intrigued, though, that they use Pinot Noir and not Pinot Grigio because Pinot Noir is a red wine. Yeah. I, well, maybe the inside. I bet maybe they remove the skins. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah the yeah. inside of red Wait. grapes are still white. Is this a a blend or the other one? This is this is all blends. I thought a blend was after you make the wine, though. It, uh, yes. So maybe they're making the, oh. Maybe they're making like a special Pinot Noir without the skin. Oh, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we don't need, I don't know. I mean, Pinot Noir is labeled by the grape. So it doesn't say that you have to have that. But there's already a wine based on that. So I don't know. I just love that. Like we start drinking wine, recording the podcast, and it descends into us being like, wait a second. What? <laughs> Chaos. We should start a second podcast. It's just us drinking and talking about things. Oh my god, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do it. So, what makes a good champagne is actually for you, mom, the quality of a Chardonnay grape. <laughs> okay. So, like, well, my mom really likes Chardonnay. Oh, um, so that's just kind of a shout out to her because she's gonna be really happy because she also really likes champagne. Um. And it just, it's convenient that it's the same grape yeah. that she's loving. And you know what? She's consistent. I got to give her that. <laughs> uh, this is actually due to the climate and the soil of the Champagne region and how widely it can vary. Oh. Because of this, it causes the grapes to range from sweet to dry. <laughs> just the entire range. No big deal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Chardonnay grape that gives it. Literally everything. Mm -hmm. It's going to tell you everything about your your uh, champagne. Hmm. Uh, another one with a weird spelling that I had to figure out at the end of the word how it was actually pronounced is Chianti. <laughs> C-H-I-A-N-T-I. If I didn't know any better, I would say Chianti. <laughs> so this blend is from the Chianti region of Tuscany, Italy, and is made from mostly from... Sangovese grapes? Question mark. Okay. S a n g i o v e s e. Sounds right. Sangovese grapes. Yeah. Up to ninety percent, uh, and is combined with other local grapes such as Caniolo Nero or Trebbiano, kind of like Joey Trebbiano. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> It's famous for having bold, fruity flavors such as plum and cherry, as well as dark flavors like coffee and almond. Mm. The next one we have is the Rioja. I think the J is an H because it's from Spain. Yeah. This one is from the Rioja region of Spain. It is typically a red blend of Tempranillo grapes as well as Garnaca, Menzolo, or Gricano grapes graciano my spanish is not good i took french hold on let me bring in uh, someone with more spanish knowledge than me yes brb 
Okay. So I brought in our local chai expert. Yeah. Chai there. <laughs> um, Mike, I was wondering if you could help me pronounce that word. Uh, okay. Um, R R I O J A. So that'll be Rioja. Oh, there's a. Well, uh, because there is always going to be a slight roll when it comes to an R in Spanish. Okay. Even if it starts with it. Um, so it's Rijo or Rioja. I was close. Yeah. I said Rioja. Um, this one, I think it's going to have a EO. It is, uh, because of the double L. The yeah. A-E-A. Um, A-E-A. uh, so it's a Tempranillo. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, these three. Uh, Garnacha, Mazuelo, or sorry, Mazuelo. The Z is an S? Uh, Z uh, has an S type of uh, pronunciation. Okay. Um, or Graciano. Gracias. De nada. Okay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Toodles. Thank you. Stay beautiful. <laughs> uh, and that was Mike. <laughs> Anyways. Those grapes. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a very strong wine with some fruity and floral notes, and it's very well aged. Oh. I don't know what that means. It didn't say more than that. I think it means it has a nice salt and pepper vibe going. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. The last one is port. Ooh. Okay. And this is a very common dessert wine. It's typically made from several indigenous Portuguese grape varieties, most commonly Toriga. Franca, <laughs> Danca, and Tinta Barroca. I don't speak Portuguese. Same. Um, but I'm guessing that's why it's called Port, because it's from oh, Portuguese. I'm going to be honest. I always associated it with the ship. Me too. All right. <laughs> so its aging process can range between four and 60 years, as mentioned previously, <laughs> and will include variety flavors such as raspberry, strawberry, caramel, cinnamon, clove, and chocolate, which is probably why I don't enjoy it that much. Anyways, that is all I have for part one of this episode. Um, The next episode is going to be covering wine tastings and the things that we're going to be looking for during a wine tasting, as well as the history of wine. There is a lot of information on wine. There's so much. My mom specifically requested for me to do a wine episode, and mom, you gave me a doozy. I opened up the internet. I opened up the internet and went, uh, okay. One step at a time. And we don't yeah, own so, any more rights to that song. So I don't even know what that was. We've talked we've talked about this before. It's a Jordan Sparks song. Who's Jordan Sparks? Uh, she sings tattoo. Mm-mm. All right. I do have a quiz for you for this episode. <laughs> We are going to eat through an eight-course meal that has no consistent theme, which I think is a fitting for the end of this episode. <laughs> yes. And we will tell you which flavor is your wine persona. Ooh, okay. Now, if we get one that's obtainable, I, I want to try to use it for the wine tasting. I think that'd be yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. That's a plan. All right. So, um, the first question. <laughs> Pumpkin? <laughs> Uh, your options are <laughs> pie, muffin, soup, or latte. Uh, I'm going to go with... Mm, these are tough. I'm going to go with soup. Yeah, I was torn between soup and muffin, and I'm going to go with muffin just to be different. <laughs> okay. I uh, There's specifically <laughs> a pumpkin soup that I get from World Market every year that is fantastic. 
the uh, the autumn squash soup from Panera Bread is my favorite, and it's like mostly pumpkin. I'm gonna try it next fall because I've never had it. It's fantastic. I do not eat the pumpkin seeds that are on top because I don't like the texture, but the rest of it, fantastic. I've also never eaten a pumpkin seed. Well, then you should try it. <laughs> this fall will be for new things. We'll do a pumpkin episode. Yeah! Because we made a pumpkin spice last year, but we'll do pumpkin other than that. Okay. Yeah. Pumpkin and pumpkin byproducts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your next question. Apple. <laughs> Apple. Uh, we have candied. What is that? Galette. Galette? G-A-L-E-T-T-E. Um, juice or pie? Uh, hold on. Um, the apple galette kind of oh. looks like a fritter. Yeah, or hold on. it's one of those where you basically you have the pie crust and you slice the apple really thin, and it's like a whole bunch of layers of apple in the middle. Oh, interesting! Like it almost looks like ratatouille, but with all apple. Oops, all apple. <laughs> Oops, all apple. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with pie because I hate apple juice. I don't. You know hate apple juice? I do. Oh my god! How did I not know that? Uh, because we very rarely come into contact with apple juice. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, I'm picking apple juice because I I love apple juice. <laughs> it's the same reason I didn't know you don't like lemonade. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I don't come into contact with lemonade very often. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Potato. <laughs> we have mashed, roasted, stuck in a stew. No, just kidding. <laughs> Chips and fries. And this is chips, the American chips. Yes. Well, because fries are separate. And then fries, the American fries. <laughs> no, they're French. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with roasted. Ooh, good choice. I'm going to go with fries because uh, I will go through McDonald's just for the basket. See, I, I'm just picky about fries. Some of them aren't good. Like, I don't like Five Guys fries. They're too greasy. I like Five Guys fries. But I don't like Arby's fries. I don't like curly fries. I love Arby's fries. And of course, you know, Bohanglis is the best fry. Bohanglis is good. They stop. Would I consider them the best fry? Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> uh, cocktail, tempura, sauteed, or scampi? Uh, tempura. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. Um, sauteed. Okay. I was going to say the only unacceptable one is scampi to me because I just, I don't love shrimp scampi. I don't really want pasta right now. It's underwhelming. It's okay. Chocolate? Always. Ice cream, hot, fondue, or bar? Fondue, please. Okay. I'm going to choose hot. Okay. <laughs> Chicken? <laughs> Would you like roasted wings, nuggets, or tinders? Uh, I want roasted. Ugh, that's like my least favorite. I want tinders, please. See, I think the wings are my least favorite because I don't love dark meat. I don't eat wings unless they're boneless. I had chicken thighs at the wrong time and it made me sick and I will never ever have them again. Understood. With turmeric, which sucks because now turmeric is ruined too. Oh, you just got to try it again with something new. Yeah, we'll make it with pork. I'll be better then. Okay. Banana. Huh? <laughs> ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Banana. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like split, smoothie, 
dried, or pancakes? I don't love any of these. I guess I'll go with split. I'd rather just eat a banana. <laughs> Fair. Um, I had a banana smoothie the other day, and it was kind of underwhelming. So I'm going to go with pancakes. All right. One of the few times I will choose pancakes. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So all of these so far have been, like, the word is included in whatever food we've chosen. So, like, banana smoothie, banana split, dried banana, banana pancakes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Roasted chicken, chicken wings, chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. This one is bread. We have toast, <laughs> avocado, sandwich, or French. Uh, so I would like to introduce you to toast bread, avocado bread, sandwich bread, and French bread, which is not what it's showing. I would like to argue for the bread sandwich. Ooh. So you are choosing bread sandwich? No. I just, I think it should be phrased that way. Uh, I have been eating oh. a lot of avocado toast this week, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I'm also going to choose avocado toast. I have literally had a, two pieces of avocado toast daily. Oh. Oh, I've never heard of this. Oh, we probably got the same one then. Maybe. All right. So you are bold and up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's but it's red. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're as bold and upfront as Sarah, confident, assertive, and determined. All, All right. right. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to try Sarah and we're going to do a, a wine tasting with that. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. We'll make it work. All right. So, that is. All I have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all I got for this episode. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. We're going to see you next time more sober. Yep. We'll be back later. Um, we'll be back later. Next episode, we'll be able to speak articulately. <laughs> I am incredibly articulate when I'm drunk. Thank you. That's a lot. I'm not. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Anyways, we would like to thank all of our listeners. We love you so, so much. Please keep showing us all that love and affection and you will get it back tenfold. Yes. Um, as always, our sources are going to be in the episode notes. That includes research sources, quizzes, quiz, <laughs> and the recipe, which is just our a link to our wines. Lings. <laughs> Linkasa. Um. <laughs> You can find our podcast at webrewgood.com because we are cool kids who own a domain now. Yeah, we are. Whoop, whoop. Or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Google. Google <laughs> 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 <Goo> Podcast. <laughs> yes, she's very articulate. <laughs> We're almost there. Just hold on. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Or on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or anywhere else where you can find podcasts. You can also find us on our social medias. This includes Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok at WeBrewGood. Or you can always send us an email at WeBrewGood at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll totally answer. We get excited for mail. We're, we're like right in between millennial and Gen Z. And we're there for emails. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so here's my recommendation for everybody for the week. Okay. Slash two weeks. Um, if you are comfortable with it, go get a bottle of wine, enjoy yourself a drink, mm -hmm. and then whisper whatever comes to mind to your guinea pig as you are drunk. 
because you know what? Your guinea pig needs some entertainment too. And I think mm-hmm. they would enjoy hearing your drunken thoughts. Yeah. And they double as a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I love it when my guinea pig talks to me. <laughs> my guinea pig asks me, but how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> how does that make you feel? <laughs> and then you go, well, guinea pig, I didn't know you talked. So it makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm um, uncomfy. I'm uncomfy. My coworkers make fun of me for saying uncomfy. What? And then they get mad because they're saying uncomfy and they're like, I said uncomfy to my fiance the other day and now I feel mad at myself. I was like, that's too bad. You should get over it. Uncomfy is one of the best words in the English language. Uncomfy is the best language just behind your guinea pig. (laughs) It's also just under the word stay Stay brutal. brutal. (laughs) 